Hey babes, welcome back to Holy Base Podcast. My name is Nisha Pleasant. We're listening to season two, episode 11, Rejection Equals God's Protection. So sometimes we often see rejection as a bad thing, but what if I told you that rejection can also be God's way of protecting you? Protecting you from things that are sent to harm you. He also protects us from anything that is not what he has for us. So today we'll be talking a little bit about Joseph and his story of rejection. But before we get started, let's go ahead and pray. Father God, we thank you for everyone that is here today. We invite your spirit to lead us and to make us and guide us to be more like you, Father God. As we read your word and we learn from it, Father God, we ask that you help us to let our minds be renewed, Father God. And we ask that you renew a right spirit within us, Father God. We ask that you continue to do a work within us, Lord, as we strive every day to be more like you, God. We thank you for blessing us with your presence, Lord. We thank you for your unchanging love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so who is Joseph? Joseph is actually one of my favorite people in the Bible. Now, his story is a little bit long. I'm going to give you guys kind of... summary sort of a short version so let's get into it who is joseph and what is his story so in genesis 37 you'll find the beginning of his story so joseph is the child of jacob and rachel and he was rachel's firstborn and he was jacob's 11th son i believe so him and his brothers helped care for the flock And Joseph was like the good child. He was the golden child. And he often told his father, you know, when his siblings were acting up and they got into things that they had no business doing because Joseph wasn't, you know, they were up to no good and he would tell his father what was going on. So they they really didn't like Joseph. They actually hated him uh, because it was very obvious that Joseph was the favorite. He was Jacob's favorite. So Joseph was, he wasn't a troublemaker. He wasn't like his siblings. He was the first child of Rachel and Rachel was Jacob's first, like his real true love. So Jacob and Rachel had struggled for years to have a child and God finally blessed them with Joseph. Uh, this was while Jacob was actually old in age. He was pretty old. So Jacob loved Joseph so so much that he gifted him with a beautiful robe and his brothers were even upset about that joseph was also very gifted he was a dreamer meaning he had uh dream dreams that were given to him by god and he was also able to interpret dreams which means he um if somebody else were to have a dream he'd be able to tell them what the dream meant because god would um help him to interpret that dream and the fact that Joseph had this this gift made his brothers even more angry. The Bible says in chapter 37, verse 4, that his brothers hated him so much that they were unable to say any kind words to him. It says, but his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. So imagine, imagine being the youngest and your older siblings not even wanting to say anything kind to you. So now when Joseph was 17 years old, keep in mind, he's only 17. So when he was 17 years old, he had a dream that he would pretty much reign over his brothers and uh, this did not go over well with them. They were not happy about this dream. And um, he shares his dream with his family because Joseph was He was very happy with the gifts that the Lord had blessed him with. So he shared this dream with his siblings and they were not happy. 
So one day, um, Jacob sends Joseph to go and make sure his brothers are tending to the flocks like they're supposed to. And then he wanted him to come back and give him a report. Now, Joseph has no idea that his siblings are actually plotting against him. So this is what they end up doing to their 17-year-old brother. So they made a plan to throw him into a pit. They rip his coat off of him and they push him into this pit, right? And after doing that, they sell their brother into slavery for 20 pieces of silver. Doesn't that remind you of Judas? So they sell their brother into slavery and this is what they do after pushing their brother into a, a, a ditch and then selling him. So after doing all that, they then go and they kill a, uh, a young goat and they put the blood onto Joseph's coat that they ripped off of him before throwing him into, a, into the ditch. And they present this coat to their father, pretending as if Joseph has been killed by some animal. And they go on about their lives. So from there, Joseph is sold into slavery. Now, Joseph ends up getting purchased by a man named Potiphar, I think, uh, to work as a slave. And you can read this in chapter 39. And it talks about... Uh, basically what Joseph did in his house. So he was a slave and he exceeded at everything he did, even while he was working as a slave. Verse three says, Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. Then things took a, a crazy turn and this is what happens next. So the guy that Joseph is working for, uh, Mr. Potiphar, um, eventually his, his, that man's wife tries to make a move on Joseph. And when Joseph says no, she tries to say that he raped her. So Joseph is wrongfully accused of raping her. And then they lock our man Joseph up. They lock him up and he, they put him in prison. Now, even though Joseph is in prison, this is what God does. So when you look at verse 21, it says, but the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. So he still had favor. Even though he had been rejected by his brothers, even though all these crazy things were happening to him, God always turned all of it around for his good. It all had a purpose. And although we don't know it at the time and it seems crazy, like, God, what is going on here? Why have you left me? In reality, God always makes a way. You can look back right now on your life and see where he continued to make a way, where he made a way out of no way, what the enemy meant for bad into something good. The enemy used Joseph's brothers, pushed him into a pit, and God allowed it. Why? Because he had greater for Joseph anyway. He had greater for him anyway, and because God knew he was going to pour out his favor anyway. So he said, yeah, go ahead, because my hand will always be on him and over him. There is nothing the enemy can do to take God's hands off of you. There's nothing he can do. 
the enemy might be working, but God works harder. And he always makes a way out of no way. And he takes the craziest situation that the enemy tries to put us in. And he works it all out for our good. And he uplifts us and he uses those obstacles that the enemy tries to place in our way. And he uses them to elevate us, to get to where he has for us to be. All right, y'all. So moving on, if you look at chapter 40 and chapter 41, we can see that Joseph begins to use his gifts and he begins to interpret dreams and he ends up interpreting Pharaoh's dream. And when he does, um, it is involving a famine. And once he tells Pharaoh what the dream means, Pharaoh is pleased and he takes heed to uh, the warning. And then he goes ahead and he makes Joseph the ruler of Egypt. Verse 53, chapter 41. And it says, at last, the seven years of bumper crops throughout the land of Egypt came to the end. Then the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had predicted. The famine also struck all the surrounding countries, but throughout Egypt, there was plenty of food. Eventually, however, the famine spread throughout the land of Egypt as well. And when the people cried out to Pharaoh for food, he told them, go to Joseph and do whatever he he tells you. So with severe famine everywhere, Joseph opened up the storehouses and distributed grain to the Egyptians. For the famine was severe throughout the land of Egypt and people from all around came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe throughout the world. This famine was spread throughout the whole entire world. That includes Joseph's family, who Joseph has not seen in years. So remember, he was 17 years old when they threw him into that pit. So now Joseph, he's a grown man. And not only is he a grown man, but you know, he's doing the thing. He he is handling business. He is making sure everybody's good. God has put him into a position to where he can help others. He used his gifts. He was able to glorify God. And, you know, he's just being who it is God created him to be. And now, here comes his brothers. All right, so you guys can read that on uh, chapter 43. Uh, They actually came twice. Um, You'll have to read that to see why. But let's go ahead and go to chapter 45. So the second time when they returned to Egypt, Joseph finally reveals himself to them because they have no idea who he is. They haven't seen him since he was 17 years old. And so he finally tells them who he is. So let's go ahead and read chapter 45. It says, Joseph could stand it no longer. There were many people in the room and he said to his attendants, out all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians The Egyptians could hear him and word of it quickly carried Pharaoh's palace. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. Please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you 
to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years, and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of his entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and tell him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me master over all the land of Egypt. So come down to me immediately. You can live in the region of Gashin, where you can be near me with all your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds, and everything you own. I will take care of you there, for there are still five years of famine ahead of us. Otherwise, you and your household and all animals will starve. Then Joseph added, Look, you can see for yourselves, and so can my brother Benjamin, that I really am Joseph. Go tell my father of my honored position here in Egypt. Describe for him everything you have seen, and then bring my father here quickly. Weeping with joy, he embraced Benjamin, and Benjamin did the same. Uh, by the way, Benjamin is uh, Rachel and Jacob's second son, I believe. So they had a son after Joseph was sold into slavery. Then Joseph kissed each of his brothers and wept over them. And after that, they began talking freely with him. So I'm going to stop there. So after reading that, we can see that Joseph was beginning to see God's hand in all of this. So what this makes me think about is the fact that some of us are called to break generational curses. Some of us are supposed to be rejected so that God can put us in a different position. Sometimes when there's a no, that does not mean that you're failing. Sometimes that is God protecting you. Just because there's rejection does not mean that you're doing something wrong. It could just mean that it's not for you because God has something greater for you. If Joseph had stayed there with his brothers and if his brothers had liked him, he never would have been. He never would have been in the position that he was in. And then when the famine came, him and his brothers would have been in trouble. Him and his whole family would have been stuck in that famine. God had his hand over Joseph and he poured out his favor upon him. Now, for many of us, we are rejected because we're different. We're made fun of because we have these gifts or because, you know, God is using us in this way and that way. So to the world, it's funny and they pick on us and they shove us into a pit. But what God does is he uses that for his glory. That becomes a part of our testimony. I don't know about y'all, but I've been in some crazy situations and God has literally turned it all around and it has worked out for my good. It has worked out to glorify him and edify the kingdom of God. I'm able to tell my testimony and, and help others and pull others out of the pit that they were in and push them closer to Christ. And that is the whole purpose. Joseph was able to be uplifted and elevated by God. And once he was, people could literally see just what God had done in his life. His family could see what God had done in his life. They had left him in that pit. And then they turned around and sold him into slavery. 
they did not expect for him to be anything. He didn't expect for his dream to come to pass because they did. They tried to do everything in their power for it not to. And look at God. And I'm sure that shook them to the core to see what God had did. It does not matter what the enemy means for bad. God will turn it around for good. What you think is rejection, what you think might stop you, is actually going to be lifted. What helps you to be elevated. What helps you to get to where God has for you to be. You have no idea what's ahead of you or the type of woman you're going to become or man. I don't know who's listening right now. But God is going to take you places. And to get to those places, you're going to have to go through seasons where you're in a pit. You're going to have to go through seasons where you are somewhere that's not so comfortable. But without those uncomfortable situations, you would have no testimony. There would be nothing that shapes you and molds you and helps you to grow. But Joseph was able to go through all those situations and God's hand was still on him. There was still favor So it was important that I pointed out where it said that God was still with him. There is not one situation where God is not with you. God does not leave us or abandon us. He has his hands on you. All you have to do is trust him. Trust that he is faithful and that his love will help you to endure all. Now, I'm going to end this off on that note, but I pray that this has been helpful. So always remember... That sometimes rejection can be God's protection. That if God has removed something out of the way or removed you out of the way and has shut the door to something, that does not mean that he's not going to open another door. The door that you might be trying to open is a closet, but the door he has for you to open is a whole mansion because he loves you so much that he does not want you to have anything except for what he has for you. And what he has for you is the best. All right, y'all. So I'm going to go ahead and pray out. Also, if you would like to follow us, um, please visit bio.link slash holybabe. That's B-I-O dot L-I-N-K slash H-O-L-Y-B-A-B-E. So I'm going to go ahead and pray you guys out. Lord, I thank you so much for this beautiful message that you gave us today, God. We thank you for just pouring down your spirit upon us, Father God. We ask that you bless those who are listening, Father God. We ask that you come into their lives, God, and that you show them, Lord, that you are always there, God, that you always have your hands over their lives, God. And we thank you for doing that, God. We thank you for always being who we can come to no matter what, Lord. We thank you for always being open to hearing our cries, Father God, for always being there for us to cry out to you, Lord. We just thank you, God. We thank you for your favor. We thank you for your goodness, God. We thank you for your hand over our lives, God. Even when we can't see it, God, we ask that you elevate our faith, God, so that we can continue to walk by faith and not by sight, Father God, as we continue to see seek you, Father God. Help us to remember, God, that you are a loving Father, that you would never abandon us. Help us to see, God, that rejection is not always a bad thing, Father God, that rejection can be your protection too, Father God, that you may be preparing us, God, in the midst of rejection, Father God, that you may be protecting us in the midst of taking away what is not of you, God, and replacing it with what is, God. We ask that you look into the lives of everyone who is here listening, Father God, and that you remove what is of you, 
that you remove what is not of you, God, and replace it with what is, God, that you continue to open doors that are from you, God, and that you shut every door that is not, Father God, that you come into their lives, God, and that you do a work within them, God, and to make things new, Father God. I ask you to do a new thing, God, in the lives of everyone listening, God. May they feel you pulling them, may they feel you pulling them closer towards you, God, and away from everything that is not of you, Father God. I pray for their protection, Father God. I pray that you have your hands over them, God, that the enemy is not able to cause them to fumble God and go back into their old ways God keep them stable and rooted in you Father God so that they cannot be so that the enemy cannot have them Father God ask that you hide them God that you protect them from the enemy Father God that as they go into this new season Father God that they see you directing their paths God that they see your hand in everything God that they can see your favor, God, even when it seems like things are bad, God, even when they think that they are in a pit, God, I ask that you give them hope, God, and that they have enough faith, God, to pray their ways through, God, to see your hand in everything, God, and to trust you enough, God, to seek you even in the pit, Father God. So I just thank you so much for your love, God. We thank you for just being here during this study, God. I thank you for your love, God. I thank you for pouring out your spirit upon us during this study, God. I thank you for filling all of us up, Father God, with your love, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, you already know the deal. I love you, but Jesus loves you more. Stay holy and stay blessed. See ya.